Welcome to the Rimfire Tactical Podcast. This is your host, Chris, from RimfireTactical.com, and we're glad you're here. Welcome to Episode 74, everybody. Hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. Spring is here. Depending on when you're listening to this, it's getting recorded in the spring. But uh, uh, matches are happening everywhere. It is a glorious time in the Rimfire world. So if you haven't been out shooting, I would highly recommend... You jump over to the Rimfire Tactical Facebook group and uh, look for a uh, thread. We do it every Wednesday. It's called the Weekend Match Thread, and that's where uh, different shooters and uh, match directors will post the matches that they are having in their areas. And uh, if you're not sure if there's anything happening in your area, make a post in the Facebook group. I can assure you somebody will let you know about something that's close And close is a relative term. Um, You know, some of us are fortunate enough to have matches happening in our own town. You know, maybe a 10 to 15 minute drive. For other folks, close might be a two or three hour drive. But what I can tell you is that somebody will respond to let you know about some matches that are happening. Now, obviously I've jumped right in. I am amped about uh, getting this episode out. For a couple of reasons. One is I'm behind schedule. I've had some travel coming up or come up, which some of it was planned, some of it wasn't, but in either case, doesn't really matter. That's just an excuse. Uh, what I didn't plan for, which kind of jacked me up a little bit, was um, I didn't have the Rona. You know, I didn't have COVID, but uh, I did have a cold. And, you know, a cold can take on lots of different forms. In my particular case, it took on the um, cough about every 30 seconds form. And uh, when I say cough, I'm talking like cough, wait 30 seconds, cough for 10 to 15 seconds, wait 30 seconds, and do it again. So um, feeling much better. And, uh, you know, frankly, really kind of frustrated because in the last two weekends, I've actually missed the opportunity to shoot in three different matches. Had a NRL X match, um, just a uh, would have been a great match to go shoot. The weather not so great, but still would have been a great match to shoot. Had an NRL or no, I'm sorry, a, a PRS Rimfire match. That uh, again, <clears throat> weather was questionable for that weekend. Uh, both matches, I think the temperatures were on the cooler side and and pretty windy. But, hey, that's how you get good at shooting in the wind. You actually go shoot in the wind. Um, and then this past weekend, uh, missed a, an opportunity to go and shoot a silhouette match, which it's a modified silhouette match. If you've never heard um, of a silhouette match shot where part of the targets are shot from a bench and others are shot standing, go back and listen to the previous episodes. Um There's actually more than 73 previous episodes because some of those were interrupted or um, we had an issue with the recording equipment. And so we would have to finish up with a second part of that episode. But go back and listen. I've talked about them in detail. And, um, you know, in either case, man, there's so many different things that we could be doing right now. Um, I just hope you guys are out and about taking advantage of... uh, hopefully warmer weather where you are. I know some places are still getting hammered with snow and uh, cold, but, you know, spring is in the air. 
and so we're we're gonna get right there. Um, <laughs> man, made a rhyme. What's wrong with me today? So here's something I want to talk about. We don't have a ton of posts in the Rimfire Tactical Facebook group about this. It comes up from time to time, but really, we we don't have a lot of people that are. Um, we don't have a lot of people complaining or forgive me, I'm going to call it whining um, just because I hear a lot of other people say the same thing. And so um, I'm going to ask you guys to think about this a little bit. <clears throat> Get some coffee. All right. So, you know, anytime there's something happening in the world that impacts either gun prices or ammunition, you know, there's a couple different crowds that get formed up. There is the, um, there's that crowd of people, of shooters, that will brag about the huge stockpiles that they put together and tell everyone how they have no sympathy if they're you know, having a hard time finding ammo because, hey, I, I saw this coming. I lived through whatever prior uh, instant created a similar scenario. And so they'll brag about how they'll buy a box or a, not a box, but a, a brick of ammo every time they go to Walmart, or they'll brag about how they don't bother buying uh, ammo by the box or by the brick. They buy it by the case. You have that, that crowd, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Then you also have the other crowd. That's the, oh my gosh, I didn't think this would happen. You know, we've had such great prices and everything for so long. And I could always just stop on the way to the range. I could stop at the local Walmart or the local um, gun shop and pick up a few boxes of ammo and I'd be good to go. What am I going to do? And so uh, those two groups tend to you know, be defined pretty well. Um, we see it happen time and time again. For those of us that are old enough, we can go all the way back to the, the days of uh, the Clinton administration. And then um, there's been multiple tragedies in the U.S. that have uh, created runs on ammo, especially rimfire ammo. Um, <clears throat> what's interesting is each time this happens, there are a lot of people that realized maybe they were in that second group and had never really thought about planning ahead before, uh, never really saw a need for it. And there's a lot of those folks that will realize I may need to rethink my strategy. And then they learn from the past. And once things become more readily available, they begin to stock up. There are other people who have the same experience, and as soon as things start getting back to normal, whatever that new normal may be, they're like, yep, see, told you, it was just a temporary thing. And then the next time something creates an, an ammo crunch or whatever the case may be, um, you know, they, they're kind of running around. Uh, like Chicken Little, you know, the sky is falling. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening again. And so what I would ask you to do is if you happen to be in that first group I talked about, the ones that have planned ahead, 
you've got plenty of ammo. You know, you've you stacked primers <clears throat> by the thousands. You've bought ammo by the case. You've got your stash. You've got enough in some cases. I mean, according to what I've seen some people post about, there are some people who brag they have enough ammo right now to last them their lifetime and most likely their kids as well, but they're still buying more. Now, this isn't a, an episode where I'm going to talk about, you know, how you shouldn't hoard or you shouldn't buy as much as you can, or you shouldn't do these things. Um, that's not my, my thoughts whatsoever. I think you should buy and hang on to what you feel comfortable with. Um, what I have no love for whatsoever, and, and I'm, I'm a business owner, and I, I love free market. I love capitalism. But I've never been a fan of the people who buy up as much as they possibly can just so they can turn around and, and you know, market up three, four, five hundred percent or more um, just to make profit from it. I know that's how business works. And, you know, we do that in other areas. Um, but in in the shooting world, it, just because it's a passion of mine, it's a hobby. I just don't I don't care for that. I, I know it's there's nothing unethical about it. It's just business. But, you know, that's just my personal take. And, hey, you know, I, I'm I give my opinions all the time. So that that's mine. Take it for what it's worth. But what I want you to think about is if you happen to be one of the ones in the first group, try to remember that over the last couple of years, courtesy of a new administration in Washington, courtesy of the coronavirus, COVID-19, Omicron, whatever is next, because you know there's another one coming. We've had the Delta variant. We've had whatever. There'll be more coming. Um, regardless of what the reason is, there are millions and millions and millions of new gun owners out there. And so what I would mention is this is a great opportunity for us to help a lot of those people who are new gun owners who most of them bought a gun because they were scared. But, you know, a lot of them have no intentions of going out and shooting them, shooting the guns. Uh, A lot of them bought guns and don't have ammo for them. But it's a great opportunity for us to introduce a lot of those people to the shooting world. And what better way to get introduced than by shooting rimfires. So if you're in that first group and you, you meet someone that's that's a new gun owner, hey, take a little pity on them. Help them out a little bit. Maybe offer up a box or two. You don't have to give away bricks of ammo or anything like that. But maybe give them a couple of boxes and help them get started in you know, learning about shooting. I mean, a lot of these people, at least from what I'm being told, not not just what I'm seeing when I'm in gun shops, but what I'm being told by friends and clients at um, a lot of shops is these people coming in and they don't know how to hold a gun. No one's ever trained them, never, never shown them. And so most of the shops are actually spending a, a fair amount of time with these folks, specifically, you know, showing them how to, to shoulder a rifle, explaining how to hold the, the handgun, you know, how to grip it properly. And they're encouraging them to take classes and things like that. And many people are, 
but there's still quite a few who aren't. So if, again, if you fall into that first group, help some folks out. Now, if you happen to be one of those people who falls into the second group, let this be, um, let this be a, 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 a different viewpoint, if you will. For those of you that have figured out, oh my gosh, I, I didn't have enough ammo. I'm not prepared. Now I can't go shoot. You know, when things change, when prices come down, and they will, they may not go back to what they were, but pricing will come down. Start buying a little bit of extra ammo. You don't have to stock up with cases and cases. You don't have to do that. As a matter of fact, those of us who shoot a lot of rimfire, especially if we're shooting for precision, will tell you, you want to buy a few boxes of any ammo. I don't care if we're talking match ammo from Lapua or Ely, or you know, it could be uh, any of, it, of the other brands as well. But you want to make sure that lot of ammo that you bought, that specific lot, shoots well in your rifle because I can tell you from personal experience as well as watching other people do it, it absolutely sucks to go out and buy a case, 5,000 rounds of ammo that you know shoots great in your rifle with another lot number. And so the assumption is, and I'll just pick on Lapua Center X because... That's what I shoot the most and I talk about a lot. I've made the mistake a couple of, well, <laughs> I guess you could say a couple of times because I bought two cases of it, but I had an opportunity to buy two cases of Lapua Center X. It was a different lot number than what I had been shooting or ha having the best success with in uh, several of my rifles. And I made this this snap decision because it was a great price on the ammo that I would go ahead and take a couple cases. Ironically enough, when they showed up, I ended up with two cases that were two different lots. One lot of that ammo shoots terribly in several of my rifles that love Cinerex traditionally. And the other lot shoots okay not great but it shoots okay and so um you know in that particular case i got great ammo at a um a good price but if it doesn't shoot as well as maybe some less expensive ammo did i really come out ahead in the end now i know what you're thinking you could sell that ammo chris you could do all these different things but i don't do that um you know i'll eventually you know, play with a tuner or I'll find a different rifle that I own that shoots that ammo well and, and it'll all be good. But, you know, going back to the folks who hadn't stocked up, start picking up some additional ammo here and there. And even if you're just going out and plinking, hey, listen, you can go anywhere right now. Walmart, depending on where you live, Walmart, um, Every Walmart I've been in recently, and I've been in Walmarts now in four different states in the last week. Um, I told you I was traveling a lot. Um, <clears throat> they all, I make it a point to go and look in their, their uh, sporting goods section, and all of them had CCI standard velocity. It was a, just under $5 a box. 
they each had uh, some of the bulk box uh, Winchester stuff. Um, I don't know what it is. It's it's a forty grain bullet and some yellow carton. Um, but they had that. Um, several of them also had a Gila in like a bulk box. So you know, spend the twenty five, thirty, forty bucks. Get yourself you know a few boxes at a time. Whatever you can afford, but start to to you know build up a little bit of a reserve. You know when all this started a few years ago. Um, I, and this isn't bragging, this is just a fact and why it makes sense to stock up a little bit. Um, I never had an issue with going to the range when I wanted to go because I had purchased ammo, um, because I went through the Sandy Hook, uh, time frame. I've, you know, been through the Clinton time frame. I had seen those things happen before. So I had started to stock up, and especially once I started getting into the precision rimfire game, not bench rest, but um, you know, just really looking for great accuracy out of my my rimfire trainers, I started being really diligent about trying to find good ammo, not just buying you know any bulk ammo out there. I happened to stumble across a few gentlemen who were retiring from shooting bench rest and I was able to buy a lot of ammo from them. Um, but I also, you know, I started buying SK here, SK there, bought some Ely, don't shoot that much, but you know, I, I did that, um, so that I would have ammo available to me and I was buying it after the prices had went down instead of buying at the heights, so I was able to get more for my money. What was interesting is during that time, when I would go to the range, unless I went on Saturday, which I don't hardly ever do, I would have the range to myself. There would be no one out there. And frankly, that was fantastic because I could, you know, I could shoot without um, muffs on, uh, you know, earmuffs, because um, even with the electronic ones and everything, you know, they're still a little bulky. So for me, it's a little bit more, or I, I don't like shooting with them. I'd rather shoot with just, you know, some um, some in-the-ear um, hearing protection. But uh, I could go out and, and have a great time. I could shoot from different positions, shoot different ranges, do whatever I wanted. I had the range to myself. Now you know, over the last year with COVID and everything, there's a lot of people who had figured out, oh my gosh, we can't let that happen again. So they bought and bought and bought ammo. So even right now, if I were to go out to the range today, or or you know what, Tuesday was always my favorite day. So if I, if I waited till Tuesday of this week and I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot, I will bet you money that there's going to be a lot of people out there and it's not just shooting rimfire. There's going to be guys out there blasting away with their ARs. Um, there's going to be several guys out there with um, you know, their uh, their varmint rifles, their their groundhog guns. Um, and then there's going to be a lot of other fellows who are out there working loads for the new rifle that they've had built or or bought to get ready for uh, hunting this fall. Even though it's it's March, you know, there's a lot of folks who will work on loads now and then um you know hopefully find something that shoots well 
in the current temperatures because that's going to be much closer to what they're going to deal with in the fall than you know when it's the middle of summer and it's 75 or 80 degrees or warmer and you know humidity is off the charts so you know i, I mentioned all that so that just to encourage you buy some ammo when you can and have it on um have it on hand so that you can go and shoot now something else i want to mention cci standard velocity for a lot of people and if you're a new listener um I'm, i know i mentioned the rimfire tactical facebook group uh if you're not a member head on over there and request to join there's three questions you have to answer in order for us to allow you to join the group and we do that just basically to keep all the bots from trying to join and ruin the group with spam um spammed ads and stuff like that um there's there's other reasons as well but what's interesting is the very first question is who makes the most accurate rimfire ammunition now those of us that shoot or even if you're not a a competitor if you've been around for you know just a few minutes most people would absolutely answer that as Ely, either Ely or Lapua. Now, I get to see some really interesting spellings for both companies, and I get it, but pretty much universally, um, considered those two are considered the, the most accurate. <clears throat> now, some people will say RWS, and I do agree, RWS makes some great ammo as well. What I find interesting is the number of people who will answer either Hornady, which, you know, they make some 17 ammo and they don't make it. They just market it. Um, or they don't make anything that's 22 long rifle. Um, you'll see uh, several people who mentioned federal. That's an interesting observation as well. But the vast majority of people who answer that question will answer it. CCI. And you know what? At first, I thought it was it was people trying to be funny, and then I thought more about it, and I'm like, hey, I totally get it. There are a ton of people out there that have no interest in competing, and you know when they're going to their local sporting goods store or their local um, big box store, whether it's a place like Academy or um, Dunham's, um, Walmart, you know, someplace like that, typically the CCI standard velocity compared to most of the ammo that's on the shelf, that's going to be the most accurate ammo there. Um, so I can totally see why people would say that. Well, I want you to consider something about that ammo, the same, the CCI standard velocity. So a lot of guys, myself included have made the statement before that I would never let that stuff, go through some of my guns and it's not trying to be like, I'm not trying to be some elitist or some jerk or anything like that. But, you know, I typically shoot in most of the competitions I compete in. I typically shoot either a voodoo Gunworks rifle or, uh, in some of the silhouette comps that I shoot, um, I, I'll, I'll take one of my end shoots. <coughs> Excuse me. In either case, with the Voodoo or the Anschutz, those are um, very 
very accurate rifles. They have a very tight chamber, and they're designed to shoot a premium ammo. And again, that can be Ely, it could be Lapua, it could be RDBS. Um, the reason that you typically don't see people shooting something like CCI standard velocity through those guns is because the inconsistency of the bullets, some are a little too large, some are a little out of uh, round, if you will. And so when you're chambering that into a bulk chamber, something like you'd find in a, uh, you know, just a factory 1022 or maybe a Marlin or a Savage, um, that ammo will chamber without much issue. When you're trying to chamber it into something that has a very tight chamber that was designed specifically around a certain ammo, like Voodoo traditionally, uh, especially the, the first and second gen Voodoo rifles, those actions, um, when they would barrel them, they would chamber those specifically for Lapua ammo. So when someone would buy a Voodoo, and then try to run CCI standard velocity, they would complain about how hard it was to close the bolt. The reason it's hard to close the bolt is because you're basically taking a, an imperfect bullet, um, something that's not perfectly round, and I get that not every Lapua round is going to be perfect, or Ely for that matter, but by and large, if you were to take a 50 round box of CCI standard velocity and you lay them all out and compare them, you're going to get a variance on those bullets in the size and the shape, things like that. So when you're chambering it into that really tight match chamber, you're essentially reshaping the lead as you're chambering it. And in some cases, if the, if it's, if the, the bullets really out of spec, you're probably shaving some of that off and that those shavings are going to drop down into the action. And really most of the time they're probably going to drop down into your magazine. So that's the reason that so many people are adamant about not putting that ammo through their gun. What I want you to consider is that there is still a very good use for that ammo. Now, I see a lot of people who will take that ammo and run it through their voodoo and just deal with it. And it's not just a voodoo. Remex, Anschutz, Cooper, uh, Seiko. I guess Sako is the correct pronunciation, but I live in the South and we call them Seikos. Um, but I won't go so far as to call an Anschutz and Anschultz because that happens all the time too. Um, but some folks will go ahead and shoot those through there and, you know, just deal with it. And, you know, here's, here's an interesting fact that I have seen several times, because um, I've done this in the past, but I've also seen a lot of people do it. Um, you can take that ammo, run it through a really, really accurate rifle, and you'll be amazed at some of the groups you get out of it. But you'll also get some crazy flyers and things like that. But part of the reason that the, the accuracy is there is because that bullet is getting reformed or reshaped as it's getting chambered. Or at least that's my uneducated opinion. Um, I'm sure somebody can, you know, post in the comments and, and correct me on it, but that's just my theory. But what I want you to think about is maybe having another option. And by that other option, what I'm talking about is, you know, most of us are shooting a rimfire rifle that whether we started out this way or not, 
most of us have a rimfire that is designed to be very similar to our centerfire rifles. Um, lots of people got into NRL 22 or PRS rimfire comps. They got interested in it because they were trying to find a lower cost, lower recoil, lower noise um, option to shooting their centerfires. And specifically, I know I've got several buddies of mine that were shooting six millimeter Creedmoors, and they're like, hey, look, you know, we're only going to get about 2,000 rounds out of this barrel, so we need to be able to go out and practice and shoot and everything but you know we're going to go through two or three barrels in the course of the season if we're not careful between shooting actual comps and shooting you know during practice working up loads whatever so that's where a lot of the the rimfire trainers um, come in it's how i originally got interested in these types of rifles and this type of shooting years and years ago so what i would ask you is what do you think is it worth having maybe a a basically a lower cost or an additional option for a rimfire trainer specifically where i'm getting at is some time ago and if you listen to some previous episodes you'll hear me talk about it but when i first started shooting nrl 22 i was shooting with a voodoo so there was no question i was going to be in open class but my thought has always been if i'm going to go shoot a match i want to shoot as much as i can so when i shoot some of the local matches that have different divisions or different classes i'll typically take multiple guns with me so that i can shoot in each class and frankly i mean do i want to win sure but really what i want to do is i want to compete i want to be able to to shoot in each match not just drive an hour and a half or two hours basically shoot, you know, maybe 50 rounds and be done. I I don't want to do that. You know, I mean, literally, you know, have two to two and a half, maybe even three hours of drive time to shoot 50 rounds. Have I done it? Absolutely. Do I want to do that? Not at all. I'd much rather shoot more. So when I started shooting NRL 22, my thought was I've already got an open class rifle. I'm going to build a base class rifle because what I hoped would happen is that I could go and shoot and uh, the match as open, and then I could go put the, that rifle in the vehicle, grab a different rifle out, and shoot it as a, uh, a base class. Couldn't care less about the score, don't even care if my score was entered, but it would give me a chance to shoot you know, the match a second time. Unfortunately, uh, at least with the matches that I have shot, it doesn't really run that way. Um, and I didn't know um, because the local matches, the way that they're ran, there's actually an open class match. And then after the open class match is over, then you have um, a second match, which is more of like uh, they, they have a different name for it than base, but it's the same concept. Um, the one that I have shot the most what they do is um, their open class match. You can shoot any rifle. It can be heck. It can even be a bench rest rifle, but you can't use um, the. You can't use your mechanical rest to move things around. Um, you, you have to you know reposition the entire. Um, what do you call it? Uh, one piece rest or whatever. So most people don't shoot that. But you can have any custom action or factory action, you can have any barrel, it doesn't have to be factory, it can be any any custom um, 
barrel, um, any stock configuration, any scope, anything like that. Um, and so, you know, like for example, the Voodoo that I shoot the most, it's, it's uh, a Voodoo Gunworks uh, V22 barreled action. It's got a Bartland barrel, trigger tech time and trigger. Uh, it sits in a J Allen chassis, with the Night Force 7 to 35 attack R. I mean, it's it's pimped out. It is, you know, it's an open class gun. But then in the second match that they have locally, they uh, they refer to it as a squirrel rifle class um, or a fact. And basically what the requirements are is it has to be a factory rifle. So factory barreled action in a factory stock. Um, you know, they don't really police the triggers very much, but um, they'll tell you, you can you can use any optic that you want, but the magnification can't be turned higher than nine power. So for example, I could have a that same Night Force 7 to 35 attack R and stick it on a CZ or it, it can be any factory rifle. So it can be an Anschutz, it can be a Cooper. Um, but you know, <clears throat> they're looking for your mainline manufacturers like Remington and um Marlin and Savage, CZ, uh Tika. They're looking for those manufacturers, and then they're looking for, like I said, any optic, but the magnification can't be turned up past nine power. So um, that's the reason that they shoot two separate matches instead of like an NRL 22, which I learned when I went in and started shooting them. You know, you have base class shooters uh, young, or youth shooters, I think they call them young guns. Um, you have the ladies, the guys, the seniors, they're, they're, everybody's shooting together. So, you know, I figured out that's, that's why it works the way that it works. But getting back to a, another option, so I put together this CZ457 Pro Varmint. Um, I worked on the trigger, and essentially I set that rifle up to shoot NRL 22. Well, it's a great shooting gun, but I never shoot that gun in matches. And part of the reason I don't is because... Um, while it shoots really good, I like my Voodoo better. Um, but what I have recently discovered as a great use for that CZ is it shoots great with with um, uh, match ammo, but it shoots really well and doesn't have any issues whatsoever with CCI standard velocity. And so um, I've tested this now with a couple of different rifles. Um, I also had picked up a Tika T1X at one point, and um, it shoots that standard velocity ammo really well. So I've shared this idea with a few people now, and I've actually got a friend of mine that is, um, he's as dismayed as I am with how difficult it is to find certain things right now. He has recently had a two different Remex rifles built, uh, same builder, um, Kenny, if you're listening, they're incredible, but, uh, these things are absolute hammers and, um, I'm actually going to have him on, uh, an episode here in the, in the next few weeks and I'm going to get him to talk about those things in detail, but, uh, just absolute hammers, beautifully put together, um, and, and built right, you know, 
the right chassis, the right barrels, you name it. it they're just freaking awesome. And he also um, has a Voodoo that is, it's shooting lights out. But he's, he was telling me the other day he's actually considering maybe even uh, sending it off to Kenny and having Kenny pull the barrel and, um, you know, rebarrel that thing just to see what it'll do. But, uh, but anyway, this guy's name is Jeremy, great friend of mine, and uh, he, is, he has truly caught that rimfire sickness in a major way. But what we were discussing is when ammo is tough to get, you know, what do you do with some of this other, you know, the other options that are out there? And so he's on the hunt right now. He's got a Bergara B14 that shoots very, very well. I mean, like, seriously, I'm, I'm so impressed by that gun. It's not even funny, especially for the cost. But, um, but he doesn't want to, to shoot, you know, CCI standard velocity or any of the other lower cost stuff through it because it shoots so well with the, the ammo he's been running through it, which is primarily uh, Lapua. So he's looking for a Tika T1X. Matter of fact, been looking for one for a few months now. And a T1X in 22 long rifle, I didn't realize, but those things apparently are made of this new material called unobtainium because you, can, I, you just can't find them anywhere. And the only ones that I've been able to come across um, trying to help them out were easily 300 bucks more than they should be. And, um, you know, so he's just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll buy one, you know, at a reasonable price, but I'm not paying, you know, eight or $900 for, for one. But he's looking for one so that he will have a rifle that has a chamber that's generous enough to shoot something you know, like, you know, more like your bulk ammo, whether it's the CCI standard velocity. I know I've mentioned it. 50 times now, or even like some federal auto match, some of the lower cost ammo that tends to pop up in your big box stores. So I've taken a long time explaining all this, but I just think there's some benefit to doing that. And, you know, if for no other reason, if you don't want to run the, the, you know, the lower cost option ammo, if you don't want to run that through your match rifle, I get it. But what's better? Sitting at home, hopefully you're doing some dry fire, um, but sitting at home, not shooting, not getting any reps or anything, or taking your rifle, and you've probably already got one. It's not like you need to go buy a new rifle. I, I should have said that from the beginning. You don't have to go buy a new rifle to do this. But, you know, grab one of your, your rifles that doesn't have such a tight chamber and grab some of that ammo and go out to the range and at least get some trigger time in. You know, you can learn a ton whether you're shooting standard velocity ammo from uh, SK or Lapua or Ely or, you know, something with Federal's name on it or CCI or whatever. You can learn a lot um, about the wind and everything just by going and doing it. You don't have to go out and have the perfect rifle with the perfect scope, with the perfect ammo on the perfect day. Um, so think about the number, just the sheer millions of Remington, older Remington rifles that are out there, um, you know, Rugers, Savages, Marlins, 
there are so many rifles out there, not to mention the CZs, that you could go, if you don't have one, you can pick them up used. Even right now, with pricing being all over the place, you can still find great pricing on used rimfires. But to be able to go out, pick up a quality rimfire, um, either out of your safe or, you know, gun shop, pawn shop, internet, wherever, and be able to enjoy that thing shooting some of the cheaper ammo out there. What a steal. I mean, it's just a great opportunity. And what I will tell you is that several years ago, when ammo was so crazy expensive, you know, after the Trump uh, presidential win, if for those of you who were paying attention, you know, prices dropped incredibly low. And CCI standard velocity, as a great example, prior to the election, it was selling for anywhere from five to seven dollars a box or more. I mean, there were some uh, places out there, some websites and businesses that, you know, they were absolutely gouging on prices. And we don't typically name them by name cheaper than dirt, but, um, you know, some of those companies, they really gouged people on that ammo. Well, shortly after uh, Trump won uh, the, the White House, that pricing dropped. And I know several shooters who were able to pick up cases of the CCI standard velocity. And I'm saying cases, 5,000 rounds. They were buying that for less than $225 delivered. So, yes, paying close to $5 a box for that ammo right now is probably a little expensive compared to what it has sold for in the past. But it's still $5 a box versus, I'm seeing Lapua Cinerex right now, anywhere from $15 to $18 a box. That's That's expensive to me for... Something that, you know, in the past, you could buy for $10 a box. So I'm just trying to give you some different options, some ways to to be able to shoot, enjoy what you're doing, um, maybe not necessarily break the bank, and, and hopefully be able to maybe breathe some new life into some of the, the rimfires that you've got at your house that maybe you've never really even thought about going out and using them as practice for uh, whatever type of, of shooting you're doing, but man, what a great opportunity to, to, you know, knock the dust off of them and, and take them out. I can tell you that the local silhouette match that I shoot last year, I saw more people coming out to shoot than I ever have at that match before. Very few people were bringing out new rifles. Most of them were bringing out old squirrel rifles that hadn't been used in years or uh, some family heirloom. And what's great about it is a lot of those folks were shooting inexpensive ammo. And guess what? It did not matter. It didn't matter one bit. Um, Until someone is a very, very accomplished silhouette shooter, I feel like shooting bulk ammo, as long as it's standard velocity, at least at my club, they, they require standard velocity. They won't let you shoot, you know, anything that is um, a high velocity just because it damages the, the silhouettes. But, I mean, those folks 
unless you are an incredibly accomplished shooter, I don't see hardly anyone who has that rifle <laughs> stable enough that they can tell any benefit whatsoever, whether they are shooting Lapua Exact or Ely 10X, um, or they're shooting CCI Standard Velocity. Um, and that's myself included. Um, I, I, <laughs> I actually have thought multiple times that I would be better off to take a rifle that could shoot the absolute cheapest ammo I have at my house and just start shooting that stuff up than to take my and shoot 1712 that is set up specifically to shoot uh, silhouette. But because it's set up and it does shoot great. I mean, I don't miss because of the gun. I miss because of the idiot pulling the trigger. But um, I've thought several times it would be a great way to use a lot of that ammo that I have and um, and probably feel a little bit better about myself because if I'm coming in mid-pack and I'm shooting um, my grandfather's Remington 41 um, Target Master, I believe, is uh, or maybe it's Matchmaster. I can't remember for sure. But it was my, actually, I say grandfather's, it was my great-grandfather's uh, rifle that he used for squirrels, rabbits, and um, he um, he enjoyed coon hunting. He, he had lots of coon dogs. And so, um, yeah, it's an old single shot. It's, um, it's not perfect for anything, but it would be a great option to do that with. So anyway, I know I've, I've rambled a lot about this, but ultimately just think of, of ways that you could take a rifle you've already got and use that to get some training in without having to, you know, break the bank trying to buy match ammo right now, because it is difficult to find. And I don't know um, if the experience I'm having with Ely is consistent, but um, I know that I bought some Ely ammo last year specifically for shooting Steel Challenge. Um, I bought Ely Force, and I did. I bought a case of it because I wasn't looking for ultimate precision. We're only talking shooting out to 35 yards, and you're shooting 8-inch discs, so it's not like I need pinhole accuracy but um i know with that particular ammo i get so many misfires and i guess it's because the 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 primer is so hard i'm not really sure what the issue is but um uh ely says there's nothing wrong with the ammo but i get misfires with every gun from ball courts and rifles and pistols to uh rugers and browning buck marks um, <laughs> I've got a lot of them. So, you know, there can be some, some downsides to, to buying by the case, but Hey, no matter what, um, the important thing is to get, you know, get yourself out there, go out, shoot, have some fun. So we're going to wrap things up. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, please do give us a, um, five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast that helps other people find, uh, these episodes so that they can, either learn something or be entertained or heck if nothing else, you know, they can make fun of me. So thanks so much for tuning in. You guys have a great one. Shoot fast, shoot often. Remember it's room fire tactical. It's not just a 22. Cheers.